and welcome to the Joe Rest Podcast, episode 20, recorded very late on the 25th of April 2016. I'm Joe, and with me for the first time ever is my friend Dee. Hello. So, a female voice on the Joe Rest Podcast, what's going on? Where's Isaac with his uh, brash American accent? Well, he is otherwise engaged with his new job and whatnot. So, who is this Dee person? Well, I, I don't know, tell us a bit about yourself. You're a musician, that's a good place to start. I think it would be better if you introduced me, Um, but I am a friend of Joe's and we've done a lot of music together. And you've listened to the Joe Rest podcast. You're one of the handful of people who actually listens to this. Yeah, since the beginning. So Yeah, so you're hardcore. Yeah, Yeah, and in fact, everyone has heard you in a way before playing bass on both Lennox Luddite's theme tune and indeed the theme tune for this. Yes, and badly as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and you criticised the way I mixed it as well, didn't you? And you criticised the way I played on it on one of your first few podcasts, so we're even. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, it's been a very long time since there was a Joe Rest podcast, for which I apologise profusely. It was January, and the one before that was December. So my plan to do this weekly has not panned out at all. I've been really, really busy doing the Pi podcast and Linux Luddites, and trying to do more work and and stuff and also going out drinking with D quite a lot because that's yeah we started off doing music together but ended up staying friends f- through drinking is that fair oh <laughs> uh, yeah through through drinking and music and gossiping yeah <laughs> so, i don't gossip what you're on about <laughs> yeah never jane never gossips of course yeah <laughs> okay so what we're we going to talk about this time we're going to talk about death and how pointless life is yeah uh, well, okay, let's try and be a bit more cheerful. We're going to talk about the death of celebrities. Now, when I came up with this idea the other night and texted you to say, hey, let's do a job rest podcast, it'll be really fun. Mm-hmm. We should talk about celebrity deaths. I was a bit drunk. And mm. since then, I've heard pretty much every other podcast talking about how there's loads of celebrity deaths. So okay. it's not really a very original idea, but I don't care. We're going to do it anyway. Well, it means I'll probably repeat a lot of stuff that's already been said in other podcasts, but because I haven't heard them, so... Yeah. Oh, well, maybe you'll bring a fresh perspective, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. So the, the kind of tipping point for me was Prince, uh, who died on April the 21st, so a few days ago. And he was only 57, which by today's standards is pretty young. Mm-hmm. And I have found a few lists of people who died. Victoria Wood, who is a British comedian for the American listeners, and just loads of people in this year. Everyone's saying that you know, this has just been such a horrible year and people are blaming the Grim Reaper and I see loads of really terrible Onion-style articles. And the fact is that this has been the worst year on record so far for celebrity deaths. But the question is why? And, well, everyone's answered that question now as well, which is there are more celebrities than there ever were. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's the end of the show then. <laughs> oh Well, actually, there's a list of... Uh, people who merit a Wikipedia entry on Wikipedia, obviously. And according to them, there have been 2,109 deaths uh, of people who merit an entry on Wikipedia uh, so far this year. And that's compared to last year when there are 2,202. So according to that, it's actually gone down. That's a very interesting point. The perception that everyone has is that there are far more celebrities who've died. But I suppose that's the difference between people who merit a Wikipedia entry and celebrities because there must be people who just, you know, never actually made it onto Wikipedia then. Or is it that people who are on Wikipedia 
for doing actual stuff rather than just being famous have died and we don't really know about them. Um, where does your perception that there are more people, uh, more celebrities who've died so far this year compared to other years, where has that actually come from? Are there any figures that you've seen or is it just because they're more famous, the people who have died? Uh, I think so, yeah. it's. I have no figures to back up whatsoever and I'm quite surprised mm-hmm. that you have got figures to say that it's wrong because it seems to be just Twitter and Google Plus and just, you know, social media and just a perception, a general perception among people that everyone I know who is saying that there's more than usual. And so, yeah, maybe you're right. It is just that they're more famous, you know, superstars like Prince. I'd agree with that. Um, But one of the things that I think, I thought when Bowie died actually was, they're all getting to a certain age <laughs> unfortunately yeah. um and we probably will see a lot of that generation uh going and it's not just celebrities in real life sadly we will see lots of people of a certain age dying um i i do find it odd that a lot of it is uh cancer related i, I found that a bit weird well not really given that that's what most people die of either heart disease or cancer but it was really high like unexpectedly high I- Pretty much every single person who's died so far this year, every single famous person who's died so far this year, has died from cancer. Well, you used to work, or used to know someone who worked in a uh, funeral home. Like, yeah. did you ever find out what the people who were in there had died from? Um, yes, we did actually. So there were people who had. Well, <laughs> there there was actually a ward in the hospital uh, that we called the MRSA ward, and. You'll be quite happy to hear. It was a lot of old people, like very old people, um, and they'd gone to hospital for other things and died of MRSA. So that's the hospital superbug, isn't it? The the bacterial infection that's not, um, you can't cure it with antibiotics because it's just resistant. Yeah, and that that was one thing. This was during that period a few years ago when there's lots of stabbings uh, going on there. On the news, um, they're reporting that, that people constantly... Uh, or young people, young boys in particular, in gangs and so on, were constantly killing each other. But that's one of the things to note is that it it's how it's reported. Um, we hardly ever saw any of that. Um, it was mostly old people. Um, there was a man who had have a, had a heart attack on his own at his house. There was a really odd one uh, where... It was quite gross as well. There was a man who had been, he'd had a heart attack in his back garden and unfortunately he hadn't been discovered for, because it happened in winter, he hadn't, he wasn't discovered until summer. Um, so it was the smell that... Yeah, I was going to say when he started <laughs> to stink. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, and the rats and foxes and everything had already, you know. Oh, <laughs> nice. So it was uh, really unpleasant and that sort of thing. And um, the one thing that that there were a lot of, and these are the premature ones, were suicides, and it was mostly males. That's one thing we did notice. But of the older people then, what was the cause of death there? Was it mostly cancer or heart disease or what? Um, Unfortunately, with the older people, a lot of them died in hospitals, um, and we didn't know what they'd died of. Uh, Sorry, sorry, we didn't know what they'd gone in for. We knew what they'd died of, but not what they'd gone in for. And that was generally that MRSA place and and pneumonia was another thing. Wow. So don't go to hospital then, (laughs) is the message here. (laughs) 
It might be better now uh, than it was back then. I mean, I, one of the worst things, um, I, I didn't see it or I wasn't there, thankfully. Um, but the guy I went with, he told me about the worst thing he'd ever had to deal with was a six-year-old girl who went to get her tonsils out and she got MRSA and died just from such a minor um, procedure. So, yeah, I would say don't worry too much about that sort of thing. It does seem to be people who are, I was going to say supposed to die. That's not the right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but getting, getting on a bit and yeah. Yeah, okay. the people who you would expect to to die are dying, and the the ones who you wouldn't expect to die are taking their own lives. And um, there are a few other freak things, like there are car accidents. Um, there's a soldier who'd come back from Iraq or whatever, and um, he was hit by a car. And those are like individual ones. That's why I remember them. Uh, but for the most part, they were the sorts of things you'd expect. Yeah, so they, those were the exceptions, and that's why you remember them, whereas there were just yeah. a ton of older people. So yeah. th- how long ago was this then? Uh, this was throughout most of 2010. Okay, so about six years ago. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think that hospitals have cleaned up their act a little bit with hand washing and stuff. Yeah, and the, you get that gel everywhere, you know, like the antibacterial yeah. um, sanitizing gel. Yeah. And it's, yeah, the most basic things like washing your hands uh, <laughs> help, you know, help stop the spread of of those things yeah so as for the celebrities then Mm -hmm. i've read articles saying that it's the baby boomer generation and it's the fact that when kind of movies and the the very birth of tv there were very few channels and and very few people who actually got to be famous and now in this multi-channel world and internet world it's very easy to become famous and therefore there are a whole load more people who are famous or celebrities. And so it's just a numbers game. That's why it appears that more of them are dying because there are just more of them. I would agree with that completely. So as you know, I'm kind of shamelessly into like reading, ironically reading things like the Daily Mail. Oh yeah, you, it's like, really <laughs> ironic when you read that, yeah. Well, it is because I'm, it, that's like a totally right-wing psycho paper, but I quite like reading it. And sometimes I don't even read the article. I look at the pictures and then go to the comments to see what everyone's saying about the pictures because that's the entertaining part. You're talking about the sidebar of shame, aren't you? I am, yes. Um, Which is the celebrity bit of it. Yeah, I don't. I I actually find the the supposed proper news bit just depressing on there because it's so it's the the journalism's awful. Their kind of political standpoint is awful. And so I, when things like Big Brother come out, uh, I actually don't watch it, but I do read who's going to be on it. Um, and I was looking at Digital Spy, uh, which is a website um, based around all kinds of media stuff. So it's a bit of technology, like the latest phones and stuff. Um, but it's also about what's on TV and, and that sort of thing. Um, and there's an article about who's going to be on the next Big Brother um celebrity big brother sorry and some of the people were really strange choices like um one of them is that uh you know with the hijacking a couple of weeks ago um the plane hijacking and the man wanted to see his wife and and this guy came and took a selfie with him the guy who took the selfie with him 
is one of the potential people who's going into the Big Brother house. That's how desperate they're getting, how yeah. low they have to go and how much of the barrel they have to scrape to get <laughs> celebrities on Exactly, there. yeah. And that is not a celebrity. And even five years ago, I don't think that would have been classed as a celebrity. And now it is. Well, it's the 15 minutes of fame thing. Like, it's not even 15 minutes anymore. It's mm. 15 seconds, if that. Just 15 retweets of fame almost. Yeah. Uh, you know, those shows like Gogglebox, where the premise of the show is that it's, yeah, they're literally going into people's living rooms and filming them watching TV. And then. Yeah. And then they put that on TV and that's entertainment. And now those people who sit on their sofas watching TV are being made into celebrities. Um, so one of them's going on uh, on Celebrity Big Brother. Um, and also you see them in the papers now being papped and everything. Um, it's, so it's just, I'm so glad that I don't own a TV. Chichu. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get the mention in. Yeah. I don't know, you you sit and watch TV most of the time, don't you? Kind of have it on in the background. Um, as a, It depends what time of day as well. Like, uh, I'm, I don't regard myself really as a TV watcher, um, though I do watch. <laughs> I do qu- quite like some of the rubbish game shows on, and that's for kind of background viewing. But I don't really, I don't really watch TV. If there's something specific, that I want to watch. Sometimes I'll tune in, but I'll usually actually watch it online um, without the ads and everything. But yeah, that my one of my kind of bad habits that I've had since I was a child actually is I really like watching Countdown. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then now, like I, I, which I should never, I should shouldn't be saying this, but I quite like watching The Chase now. Oh dear, oh dear, that's pretty terrible. At least Countdown's kind of classy because it's. Yeah. Uh, for the American listeners, Countdown is a mostly word-based game where they draw out, is it nine random letters, and then you have to make a word out of it, and whoever gets the most letters, or a word with the greatest number of letters, they win that the points for that. And then they yeah. have a maths round as well where they draw numbers out and you have to get to a certain total or something. That's uh, that's pretty, I wouldn't say highbrow, but at least it's 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 not trash TV. It's just boring old people TV. Yeah. And I admit the chase is trash. Um, but then I do like 15 to one as well, uh, which I don't know where that is in there. Wow. That's a properly old school. That hasn't been on for years, has it? It's on now. Not now, now, but it's, it's back. What? Like with the new modern people? Or? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, I think she's called Sandy Tausig or Tosig or something. Toxvig. Toxvig, yeah. Um, yeah. And she presents it, and it's exactly the same format. So why does an intelligent person like you watch so much drivel <laughs> yeah. on TV and and w- read the Daily Mail and stuff like that? Um, it's entertainment, and it's, it's, not, um, it's not really absorbed. It's like, what could I compare it to? Like, just when there's nothing to do. I'll, I will never go out of my way to, do, to watch any of those things. Um, but also view the Daily Mail. But if there's nothing to do... Yeah, like I come back from the toilet sometimes and you're there looking at the Daily Mail on your phone because you're bored. Yeah. You you are part of the problem. Well, I, I admit I am kind of part of the problem in that I'm creating revenue for those people. Uh, but I do use an ad blocker, so maybe I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're stealing the content then? Yeah, I'm stealing the content because they're stealing the content technically as well. They just steal other articles from other better written uh, publications and 
write it up really badly with half of the information missing, but they have loads of really interesting pictures, uh, which is what I generally tune in for. So for me, I have no um, problem with watching lowbrow things because I, I, that's why I say ironic, maybe it's the wrong word, but I understand, I, I watch it from a, a position of um, <laughs> contempt, uh, but also amusement. I mean, I, I can see how seriously a lot of the other people and a lot of the, the other viewers take it, um, which is fine. I'm, I'm, I, I don't think it makes me any better or whatever, just because I don't take it seriously. But at least I, I just, I see it in the same, I think it's in the same way that you watch Eurovision something like that oh look don't diss Eurovision okay that is, <laughs> that is top quality entertainment and I can't wait for it oh I, I'd say they're about the same it's just that Eurovision hasn't got the the nasty element to it it's like pure happy nice stuff but you you realize that it's not a serious competition yeah um and but it's still entertaining and you know that uh, you're not going to buy any of those records uh, you don't want them on your iPod. You're not going to pay anybody to listen to them. Um, and you'd probably want those, the, the participants out of your life forever after that night or after those two or four hours or whatever it is that you spent watching them. Um, and that's what it's like for me. It's just a, a kind of passing thing that just washes over you and then you go and do something else. Fair enough, fair enough. What I'm wondering is, are we going to get to a stage where pretty much everyone has some level of fame in that? Well, okay, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people have got YouTube channels and even Vine. I, what I couldn't believe is that some Vine star had yeah. got into trouble. And like, what? How? I felt so old in that moment. How can there be a Vine star? I know. <laughs> I don't know either. With YouTube, I kind of get it. I'm beginning to get it more and more, but with Vine, and I don't get the celebrity element, but I do get the popularity of it. Um, and I'll go on to that in a minute. But with Vine, I really don't get it because it's six seconds, isn't it? Yeah. And you get to the point where you've got everyone, like young people, just shouting, What are those? And what does just, that mean? Well, that came from a Vine with a, a policeman in America or something. And uh, he, I don't know, it was something about some trainers or something, and he pointed, some young kid sort of pointed, well, young kid, young lad, pointed at the trainers and saying, what are those? And it just like, I just don't get it. I just feel so old. And like Periscope as well, that's mm. another thing where it's, uh, I've I've moaned so much on various shows about vertical videos, and yeah. Periscope, <laughs> like, it, you have to be vertical, I think, to do it. Yeah, and I it think just, so. Uh, how long is it going to be before those people start dying off? Probably, yeah. I don't know, 30 or 40 years. But can you imagine what it's going to be like when we're properly old and those people start dying off and we just, you know, what must old people think about now? Like, you know, if you imagine you're in your like, I don't know, 70s and 80s and, mm. you know, you see people like David Bowie and Prince dying, you probably don't even know who they are. I don't know. Is that unfair to old people? I think it might be unfair to old people because they love music too and, and they appreciate like someone who knows their craft and is good at their craft and everything. And, and they come from a time where they had to listen to music without even seeing who was doing it. So they, the people had nothing but the music to sell. They, 
like uh, after that they had to be all hot and with old people they should technically appreciate talent and and get why these people become so huge um and i think with uh bowie and prince hopefully they they do understand i don't know, i feel a bit bad about the prince thing and victoria wood as well that I, I never really cared for either of them and so i see all these outpourings of grief and everything and i just feel really i don't really care i felt you know i quite like bowie but i thought that was a bit over the top as well how everyone was like really you know devastated by it it's like okay well fair enough you know it's sad when someone dies especially when they're a good musician but when was the last time Bowie did anything like really really good that's like the 80s probably I'm probably going to alienate loads of people by saying that but I think so because it's a matter of taste um so I can remember loads of stuff he did uh, he was he existed when I was born, so and my mum was a fan and everything. So he's just always been there uh, throughout my life. But then even the the stuff that came out right before he died, I think it was like two days or something before he died. I listened to it and I felt it was a bit self indulgent, which is understandable given dying. that he knew yeah he knew he was going to die. So what yeah. better time to be self indulgent? But I, I don't know. Maybe I should listen to it more. But it's certainly no like let's dance and. Um, his yeah. early stuff, Starman and stuff like that. And um, but also music is different now um to what it was then and he's always kind of stayed contemporary uh to you know the era that he's in and that just was what what suited now. Um well, I, was... I would actually argue that he was um ahead of his time. Yeah, yeah. I Let's dance, that. that song there, if you listen to it, it sounds kind of like a late eighties. I would, I would guess sort of 87, 88 listening to it. But yeah. I looked it up and it was 83. So he was like four or five years ahead of his time. Yeah, I guess I'd absolutely agree with that. Um, but it's in this day and age, it's hard to imagine what uh, being ahead of your time is. Is, it, it, is there any such things? Everything uh, kind of, harks back to something that happened ages ago and then they pretend it's new oh and that genuinely was new um so it's uh it's just it's hard to imagine what he could do to be ahead of his time now but it, to me it doesn't matter um especially as a as a creative person and as a musician and everything when you're when you first start out i think that's when you you've got like a backlog of all the music that you've been making before you were famous and all the ideas you had and everything and then suddenly everyone wants to hear it and you put it out there and then they expect you to create more and it gets harder and harder um and I think that's probably what happened with Bowie and Prince and all and what will happen with everybody but I think it doesn't make him any less less amazing as a musician just because he didn't uh he wasn't ahead of his time his entire life for like the whole 40 career sorry 40 year career or whatever it was so so I think that's all right yeah well and also if you think about this when was the last time we had a proper rock star you know and I mean like a proper bona fide massive rock star I had not Marilyn Manson maybe in the 90s and early noughties has there been um, anyone who's been a proper rock star like that I don't say Justin Bieber <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I was going to say Justin Bieber. Yeah, I've seen people try. You know, I've seen like I think uh, Pete Doherty thought he was a proper rock star, and uh, I think when people 
do it they always go too far or, or it's too contrived and so on um i'm trying to think of anybody in fact i was going to say post kurt cobain but he was like a reluctant rock star which isn't a proper rock star really uh, i don't know i think he was a proper rock star he wasn't a rock star in the mold of bowie and stuff you know yeah. this big extrovert but he definitely was a rock star i think oh, ab- absolutely he's he's an archetypal rock star of one kind um but then you i th- i thought you meant like axel rose or someone who really just goes for it shamelessly and and embraces all of their attention and the money and and the you know the mansions of swimming pools and all that sort of thing and so they it's hard to even define what a rock star is um yeah true but what well, what i mean is a, an iconic figure who has integrity and the closest to, to that we have now is like Lady Gaga. She's which, not. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. That's the point <laughs> I'm making. I'm not saying that that she that she has any integrity necessarily or but she's is not iconic. Even close. Yeah, she's like a poor man's Madonna, pretty much. And like that's what I'm the point that I'm I'm getting to here is that we live in a world now where everything is so watered down that we live in this multi-channel world that well, we grew up in a multi-channel world and now we've progressed beyond that into like an internet world where stuff like this is happening. You know, a handful of people are listening to this and it, everything's become so fractured that it's difficult to kind of focus on one person or one idea. And that's why we probably won't have any new genres of music. And okay, well, we'll have slight variations of old genres, but but I don't think we're going to have any major movements of music because it's everything's so spread out kind of thing and at the same time we're not going to have any big iconic figures rock stars and all we'll have is pop stars because there's like huge amounts of money to be made and it's safe and you get things like one direction and you know stuff that comes from reality shows but any sort of homegrown um you know people who started out in the garage and and paid their dues sort of thing I just don't think we're going to see that ever again. I do agree with you. Um, And I think one of the big problems is that the music industry now is dictated by tweens. Uh, So it's all 10-year-olds. They're the only ones who pay for music anymore, really. Everybody else usually uh, gets it free. And if not, then they're they're putting their money into the industry by going to see those bands live. Um, I mean, when I was a kid, my sister's six years older than me and she had like all the Madonna records and stuff like that. And when I wanted to listen to Madonna, uh, my mum got me Disney's silly songs because I, like, <laughs> I, I was like a child and she didn't want me to be corrupted by Jason Donovan and all those people. And, but, but it was up to her, uh, you know, and now these days uh, children can... Uh, just go and download a One Direction track. And they're actually dictating uh, record sales, which is dictating who's actually being signed and um, who's successful. And that didn't happen in the old days. And um, if you're a record executive and you've got a million pound contract to give to somebody, you're going to give it to whoever's going to rake in the most cash um, as quickly as possible. Um, Because it's not even about the long term anymore, which it was back then. It's like a, a single album deal. Um, and then they bin you and move on to the next person. And that's like that it's become the X Factor's actual business model to yeah. to just use people for one one release, maybe two if they can squeeze another one out and then drop them. 
and that's what the music industry has become. It's nothing to do with uh, music. It's to do with how you can market yourself to, to tweens. Well, it's, I don't think it's ever really been about music, though, has it? It's always been about business. It's the music business. And it's been about what can sell. And, okay, maybe they were looking more long-term, signing people like Radiohead. I suppose Tom York, actually, was, is probably uh, – well, I suppose he's around the same time as Marilyn Manson, isn't he? Uh, I was going to say he's a candidate for one of the last rock stars. But He's a very reluctant rock star as well. Yeah, he's a, kind of a Kurt Cobain type, except yeah. that he's a, a little bit – more stable mentally probably and that's why he's still <laughs> with us thankfully just about i don't think he's that stable so i'm just gonna drink my wine while you're talking <laughs> <laughs> don't worry i'm drinking as well okay. oh, it's it's tomorrow now by the way listeners it's the 26th of april okay. and uh thankfully due to other people's incompetence i'm not going to work tomorrow which is excellent <laughs> news that's why we've been able to do this now but what were we talking about where were we um um well you were saying that um it was about money back then as well. Um, and I agree with you, it was, but I think that was okay because it was adults who were deciding where that money went and how it was spent and they were buying music for adults, um, which is generally kind of deeper and more more thought out. And that's a very general statement. Um, but I think grown-ups do look for a bit more more to their music than just something to to dance to well i don't know i don't know yeah i think you're giving people a bit too much credit because you're a bit of a muso and you've always been into the the what bands are coming up and stuff whereas most people just want to listen to music that they know um a friend of mine Stuart, who lives in um birmingham he's always tweeting about whenever he goes out they always play mr Brightside, and he just cannot <laughs> stand it and everyone's like really getting into it and adults these days don't really listen to that much new music, do they? And if they do, it's on stuff like Spotify and YouTube where there's not really much money in that for the artists unless they're absolutely massive. I mean, Spotify, like, don't you get one p per play or something? Yeah. Uh, I think it could be even less than that. <laughs> it's, it's literally nothing. Like, uh, you for a 1,000 plays, you get like a penny or something like that. Um, but yeah, you have to seek out music a bit more. Or, or if you're not into the killers and all that sort of thing that people who think they're, they're into good music currently do like. And the killers don't offend me. Um, I think they're fine, but they're not. Um, yeah, they're, they're exactly. They're fine. They're yeah. okay. They're bland. Yeah, they're and, very vanilla and... Yeah, inoffensive. Run of the middle. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and if if you want more than that you have to seek it out and that's another thing um i I discovered a lot of bands uh by listening to six music um so when i was um i had a job where i had my own little office i could play my music really loud and uh i had it on six music most of the time i used to have it on xfm and then it became basically alternately Foo Fighters, Muse and the Killers and then nothing else (laughs) yeah um so i switched over to um to six music and i discovered wall paint i discovered bat for lashes and i discovered radiohead songs i didn't even know were out because they weren't played anywhere else and that sort of thing um and not long after that they're trying to um get rid of six music they were trying to axe it um and they're doing that as well like we with publicly funded things like the bbc um they the last kind of few gems that they have, like uh, Steve Lamarck and 
um, all those people, they're being pushed out. And they're, they're, Steve Lamack is the person who brought us uh, Nirvana and the Smashing Pumpkins and Faith No More um, and I think Soundgarden and all of those bands, their very first, th- those bands broke the UK before they broke America, all of them. Really? Um, yeah, and uh, it was John Peel as well. Um, they had... They put those bands on before anybody else did, and then they went and became big in America. And you don't have that anymore here. You have um, Fern Cotton. And, uh, <laughs> and who's that fat bloke? Uh, Chris Moyles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, yeah. And why people sometimes have six music on um, places where I'm working, and the music is pretty good, but I can't stand the personalities on there. There's yeah. so much like talking and stuff. That's why I like magic, which is easy listening, where it's it, <laughs> it's just one sort of 70s or 80s cheesy song with like, you're listening to magic and then the next one sort of thing. And that's what I like. I don't like all the drivel of just trying to be funny and stuff. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's one of the problems. Um, and unfortunately, uh, because of a lot of especially from XFM, like Ricky Gervais came from there. Who else? I think Dermot O'Leary had a show on there, but I can't remember whether he was famous or not. But they're looking for people who are who are more like media personalities than just musos. Um, and again, they're pushing out people who, who actually are into music and go to gigs and that sort of thing. Everybody who's responsible for bringing us decent music isn't doing their bit. I still think that the problem is the the kind of how it's all watered down and that you don't have, you know, there was a time when there were only a couple of radio stations in this country. And so influential DJs would play bands like Nirvana. Mm. And there just wasn't, there weren't many places to, to hear bands of any description. And so you could have this focus on new stuff. Whereas now, Every local BBC radio station has their BBC introducing thing. And mm. I see bands like really proud of being played on that. And it's like, well, you were one of about 10 bands today and there's going to be about 10 bands every day. And that's only one local station and there's about 50 local stations in the UK. So yeah. it doesn't really mean anything anymore. And so does that mean that we've got a meritocracy? What's a meritocracy? Well, the, the best stuff is going to float to the top. And it's not, we're not going to be, some DJ decides that, you know, say John Peel decides that uh, Nirvana are the hot new thing and you're going to like them. And, the you know, so people just listened to them and made them big. Whereas now you've got so many new bands available that it is genuinely the best ones who will rise to the top. Um, I don't know about that because... It depends on one person's taste in, in music and whether they're going to champion you. So you, it, if they like you and they help you get to that point and then everybody else likes you, fine. But if you're an amazing band and that person's not interested, there's not really any other way for you to make it or to be heard and that sort of thing. And you're going to be playing pubs for the rest of your life, no matter how good you are. So I don't think it does mean that the best bands will float to the top. You know, like Royal Blood was the the big, great band from a couple of years ago that everybody was supposed to find really good and amazing. And everyone was told that they sound like Queens of the Stone Age and um, all that sort of thing. And I, mean, I have always been interested in that thing of having no guitarist, you know, him playing bass. He's a very good, uh, technically, a very good musician, but 
I just personally just find it to be boring, horrible dad rock. And I find it really depressing that that <laughs> is the, <laughs> that people think that's the future of British music is kind of um, clumsy, thumpy, riffy, horrible <laughs> dad rock, <laughs> vapid dad rock. Yeah. Uh, what, what about this idea that the internet, you know, opens up the possibility anyone can chuck their music on YouTube or, or anywhere on the internet and, and use stuff like Twitter and Facebook to make it popular. Uh, doesn't that give you some sort of meritocracy? Uh, it would if there weren't so many of them, uh, because everybody's in a band now and everybody can do that. So how, again, how do you get yourself above the rest in that situation? By being exceptionally good. But how do you how do you get you know the thing of if a if a tree falls in the forest did it fall yeah. whatever it is that that's a music thing did it make a sound yeah honestly and <laughs> <laughs> um, so how is anybody going to know you're good if they haven't heard you right okay but supposing we made some more music together and it was exceptionally good let's just sort of uh, dream on a little bit and say yeah. it was the best music that anyone had ever heard I would post it on Twitter and. You know, my relatively small number of followers, out of them, a few would listen to it. And if it really was exceptionally good, they would probably retweet that or say someone, you know, say something about it to other people. And then it would spread through word of mouth, as they say, virally. And eventually we'd have millions of people listening to us. I think that would only happen if if it's if it eventually reached tom robinson or whatever he's called or you know someone like that um, and, yeah an influential dj type but again they they would be the the turning point i don't think it's possible to have enough friends in the world uh to make that happen i think the only band i can think of where that happened was the arctic monkeys and they'd been releasing music for years for free and then um but they were only like 15 when they got big. How could they be doing yeah, it for years? They had, yeah. I actually had their whole catalogue when they got their... You're such a hipster. I knew your Arctic Monkeys <laughs> before they were big. I did. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but um, And I, I'd, I'll admit, I didn't think they were amazing, but I downloaded all their stuff and heard them. Um, and uh, I think I've still got their, that dance floor song. I think I've probably still got their cheap version the cheaply recorded version of it um but i even with them there must have been a point where somebody gave them a record deal because they so, there was somebody who was influential enough to take them to that next level yeah but that's that's the point that i'm making here you need to get to that critical mass point but in order to get there to to the point where influential people are going to listen to you and take it further you need to be good and, you know, if you are good enough, then enough friends of friends will generate enough of a buzz for them to hear about you, these influential DJs and producers and whoever. And at that point, they will take over and it will take off. I don't know. I've yet to see it happen. I mean, I can think of two two bands that we know who are doing everything they can to um, to make it. Um, one of them is Voden and they're kind of doing all right. They've been in Kerrang. I think they're in it now. There's a poster of them in it and everything. Um, the other one's Suma, who had to start their own label to to get anywhere, and then they had to do that thing of getting all their friends to vote for them to play Bloodstock, and they won that. 
Um, but they, they've been through that cycle lots of times and never gone beyond that level. And I, I think there is a limit to what can happen with that. I th- but isn't that because they're playing really heavy, stonery, sludgy rock and that there's only a, a limited market for that? Um, that they're quite poppy, Husuma or, or Voden. Well, both, or both. Yeah, that they're, they're a very pop version of the stuff that we generally listen to. True. Um, and it's very, uh, with Husuma, uh, it's very melodic and much other bands from the 90s and so on where it was possible to do that, like Tool, um, who sound very similar, they've become massive. Um, but I just can't see it happening in this day and age with a band like Suma because who who is going to champion them to that point where they get signed? Who is going to invest millions of pounds um, in and trust trust in them to sell records and all that sort of thing in the current musical climate? Yeah, when no one's buying. Re- well, the only people who are buying records are buying records, actual yeah. vinyl records, and that okay, that's a lot of people relative to what it was and i think i heard that it's um as much as people were buying in the 80s which to be fair wasn't that many because people were buying tapes and and cds even in the 80s but it, even so that's still a fraction of what it was in the kind of height of the 90s cd boom mm. and so i suppose you're right who's going to invest a lot of money in something that's ultimately not going to make them very much because the only way artists make money is playing live yeah. And the only way record companies make money is selling records. And if people aren't buying records anymore, then it's just simple economics, isn't it? It is. But then there's some bands who do manage it, like a, and I'm not a Muse fan at all, but they started out reasonably heavy and they've somehow managed to find their little place or their, their big place. They got big before the death of uh, recorded music, though, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. So that's just you know hangover fame the the only people who i can think of who are really big now are either have come from dreadful reality shows or youtube like bieber or whatever or bands and, and artists who were around while people were still buying music yeah exactly so there's no hope for anyone yeah the only hope is to scratch a living you know, you're not gonna even if you're the best musician in the world unless you get on TV via one of these talent shows. And even then, I think, surely, I don't know, is it my, is it just me being a dreamer and my wishful thinking to say that the, the talent shows are dying and people aren't interested in that anymore? Because I don't know, when I really think about it, my experience from relatives is that that's not the case. They're still lapping it up. They're at least watching it on TV. I don't know about still buying the records though. Um, well, that's the thing is, um, with uh, especially the X Factor, there it's like a two-part success thing. So they have to get the viewing figures, which they normally do, um, but then that person's got to sell records, and that's these days they normally don't. Um, and it just depends whether that the whether knowing that that person's never going to be anything, they're ne- they're never going to make it after winning a, a national competition um, and being seen by millions of people. They're not going to sell anything. Um, it, if that puts people off watching, then those shows will die. But I think just the viewing figures alone can keep a show like that going. Uh, for example, The Voice. I don't think anybody's had a hit from from The Voice UK, at least. I don't think anybody from theirs had a hit, and it's on its third or fourth series now. 
but they'll keep doing it for the TV advertising, I suppose. Yeah, because they can sell it all over the world and everything. So that the well, the main thing to those people is that they make money, and they will make money if they sell the program. It doesn't matter if they don't sell a single record. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, we've been going for, well, my recording says 51 minutes, but I get the feeling it's going to be a bit shorter by the time I've cut out all of your things where you said, no, cut that out, cut that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, I don't know, have we got any more to say about death and how pointless life is? Not really. Um, all I can think of is one article I read which said that celebrities die 25 years younger on average than the rest of us. So going back to the beginning of the show, that probably explains why it seems like they're dying at a at a higher rate than than us because they probably are. So being a celebrity is inherently unhealthy by the sounds of things. I think so. Yeah, oh, I mean wow. it, it attracts the, the the kinds of people who are kind of needy and messed up and uh, need validation from fame and all that sort of thing. So it probably is inevitable that they're going to self medicate and find other ways to to die early. That's interesting, because I was thinking that being famous would make you do that. That's why so many famous people get into drink and drugs and real self-destructive behaviour. But you're saying that the other way around, it attracts people who are into that. I think so, because it's quite hard to become famous. Even people like Kurt Cobain tried very hard to, to be famous. He didn't like it once he was, though, did he? Yeah, I think I think um, he had... Uh, like a conflict and in in a conflict i think he probably did like some aspects of it but uh felt it didn't um necessarily represent who he wanted to be um and maybe he felt kind of guilty or just some kind of conflict I, i think they call it cognitive dissonance or something yeah he kind of at the same time wanted to be really famous but at the same time didn't want to be famous and he wanted to be appreciated but then he just couldn't really take that appreciation yeah because he 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 tried very hard to make that band huge and he succeeded um and and he always had that image of the reluctant rock star you know wanting his privacy and this and that but um to get there he he's he propelled them to that point it didn't just happen you've just reminded me that i was totally wrong about the last rock star dave grohl obviously uh, well, again, it depends on how you define rock star. He's the first person who popped into my head when you said a massive rock star, but he's he's like he's not exactly kind of rock and roll hedonist type person. So I, I didn't come on. He count. fell off the stage and broke his leg, and then was wheeled on and finished the set. That's pretty rock and roll to me. That's pretty rock star ish. Well, that that was, but he was playing as kind of as Billy Corgan called it, smaltzy dad rock um and his to me his music <laughs> is pretty awful and it has been for a long time uh, but he's i love him and he's amazing an amazing musician and um he wrote me a letter once so <laughs> really yeah what did it say um it's quite long actually um, please stop stalking me leave no, me alone no, no. <laughs> no my sister did a shoot with him and um, i actually met him um but I wasn't allowed to hang out with them. But my sister spent the whole day with him, um, and he wrote me a this kind of a riddle because they had to wear all these different outfits. I think it was for Arena or Arena Home Plus, like one of those magazines which has closed down now. Um, and he just wrote, uh, 
something about, I can't remember. He wrote some kind of cute riddle thing and it was really cool, basically. Uh-huh, well, if we do another one of these, if we don't get loads of hate mail saying, these rubbish, don't have her on again, <laughs> then, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to quiz you about all of your celebrity, uh, you know, your knowing of famous people because you're a right posho who knows all these uh, rich people and whatnot. <laughs> But uh, yeah, do get in touch and and uh, let us know what you thought of this because Isaac basically doesn't have time to do this anymore. So the only well, he he can do it sometimes. So I'm not going to do it every week. But... Well, yeah, I don't <laughs> think that I've got time to do it every week. But yeah. now and again, when there's something to talk about, maybe we could do it if if people are interested. I'll have to see how many people download this and and whatnot. But if you want to get in touch anyway, you can leave a comment on the website or uh, podcast at joeres dot um, or find me on Twitter. Um, at Joe Rissington. You probably don't want to give out your details, dear, for people to get in contact with you. Uh, no, but I might start a Twitter, especially. Okay. Just so I can talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> There's really not enough people listening to talk I to I know. <laughs> well, so at least you can slag me off directly. Um, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, if Dee makes that, I'll put it in the show notes. But um, for now, thank you very much for joining me and for uh, resurrecting the Joe Riss podcast. But until we may possibly do this again, who knows? That's the beauty of the Joe Ross podcast. Uh, I've been Joe. I've been Dee. And uh, see you later. Bye.